When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Good morning. Orla, it's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy. Would like to dedicate the two shows that have been released today to former Leicester City player Frank Worthington, who has sadly passed away on the 22nd of March, age 72. Thanks for the good times, Frank. Guys, welcome back to part two of this week's It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. We've just spoken to Steve Walsh, Leicester City legend in the first part of the show. And now I'm joined by regulars, Tom and Steve. Uh, Tom, you're over in Loughborough. How's your week been so far? Yeah, good, mate. Got a couple of little pieces of good news, but I can't really say much about those just yet. Oh, teaser, teaser. Yeah, good week, mate. Good weekend. Just a bit. Yeah, we'll we'll (laughs) come into that. Steve, how are you? Yeah, great. How can I be anything else after yesterday? So, uh, and and just uh, being here with the legend that Steve Walsh, of course, a few minutes earlier. But I yeah, you talk about me. It was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, honestly, did, did you feel a bit emotional after that, Steve, yesterday? Because oh, it really sort of tugged on my heartstrings a little bit. I did. I mean, uh, you know, I've, the FA Cup's been a very emotional journey for me. In '74, I was in the school play. I think I might have told you this story. Yeah. Miss a semi-final against Liverpool, the, the home leg. And my dad says, don't worry, I'll take you to Wembley. Then we lost in the replay at Anfield. And then obviously I went in 82. I was only 21 to see us lose to Tottenham and when we were a second division club. And, uh, and and it's always seemed so far away. Wickham, of course, what a painful day that was when we lost at home to them in the quarterfinal. So, yeah, the words yeah. Roy Essendon are uh, always going to oh, be painful, aren't they? Yeah, oh, everyone just ripped a new one for us, didn't they, after that one? Quite so, rightly. Uh, yeah, but so uh, I, I just got a feeling we could actually do it this year. We could actually do it. And the way they played against Manchester United, um, they played them off the park. Yeah, yeah, and it does make you emotional in front of the whole national TV audience on, on terrestrial TV. We played Man U off the park and uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. And I watched, uh, I even watched it again on match of the day later on, you know, enjoy so, it. You enjoy it even as much second time around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just uh, Lineker, Lineker's reaction when he, 
he lost control a bit at the end with a and then even Kalechi did it. It was Tom, it was fully deserved though, wasn't it? I, I know in football that you know is often said, yeah. but it was total domination from start it was to finish. Performance. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, really enjoyable. And I, I think this season, with not being in the ground, some of that emotion hasn't been there but you, you did feel it yes yesterday and um especially after the match with you know as you say Kalechi screaming and yeah you felt there was a really buzzer a, a really good buzz around it and Kalechi is really thankful for the opportunities he's been given recently hasn't he yeah he has and he's, he's not letting us down is he he is uh on fire Steve Absolutely. man on fire uh, he, he can fire us to, to the Champions League can't he, he can answer the FA Cup fi- final well, and the and the World Cup final and, and everything beyond yeah, that. Top, our top scorer this season <laughs> at this rate is not paid for most of it. So, yeah, 12 goals already, I think he's got now, isn't he? Yeah, great yeah. minutes to goal ratio, I think. But just talking on that first goal yesterday, um, you, you know, it was, I think it was important we made a good early start, wasn't it? And, and Manchester United gifted us the, the, the start that we craved. Just talk us through that goal, Steve. Well, I, I think just Fred did his best Hamza Chowdy impersonation, didn't he? No, it was, uh, I mean, they summed it up well in the analysis. We just pressed really hard and well as a unit. And uh, knowing that they were going to play from the back and, you know, I'm not sure why Fred wanted the ball and came back for it, but who was it? Was it Tielemans right on the, on, on his back end or something? I think it might have been Perez. Oh, was it Perez? Yeah, it might, might have been Perez, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was under pressure. Um, Maguire gave it back to him. He tried to play it back to the keeper and just it was a beautiful pass for for Kalechi. So yeah, just a, an awful, awful mistake. Shame about the abuse he's got since. Yeah, unacceptable. Totally so, unacceptable yeah. for... I for... mean, it, it, it was a bad mistake, but as Aaron said in our pre-match show, he's always liable to spray the ball all over the park, not necessarily to a red shirt. And thankfully for us, he got us off to a great start. Yeah, he had a horrendous day yesterday, Fred, for, for Manchester United, didn't he? You looked at their midfield and looked at our midfield and thought, yeah, it's, it's only one-way traffic in terms of domination there. Still a little bit for Kelechi and Acho to do, weren't there, Tom, once he got that ball from Fred? Great assist by Fred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think... It's, as we've mentioned in, in in a previous podcast, you know we don't like it, do we? When we pass around the back, back to the keeper and all that, um, playing out from the back, and yeah, it was the typical mistake that you see from it. Really um, awful decision to pass to Fred in the first place when he's clearly got a man on him. Um, but yeah, Kalechi, he's I think just from him playing more and more, he's getting into the right places to pick up those balls when they are when they are misplaced like that. Um, and yeah, he, he did incredibly well to get around the goalkeeper to to finish that. How good was his performance overall yesterday, Tom Kalechi and Acho? Because goals aside, I think there was a moment in the second half when the ball came over his shoulder and he just pulled it down out of the air. Yeah, like, like he was Kafka or something. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was, well, his name's not really mentioned much around um, around Leicester anymore, but it was. Quite like Mares, really, wasn't it? The, the way he brought that down, just plucked it out of the air, and it's yeah, been the same for two or three games now, where he's he's in that space behind the midfield and, and picking up everything. Really, he's always causing danger. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Of course, then we never make it easy, do we? We they, we give them their one and only chance. 
potentially a little bit of poor defending down our right-hand side, um, their left-hand side, sorry, and, and all Brighton lets the ball come across, I think, and Fafana. Um, and Mason Greenwood equalises. What were you feeling at that stage? Did you think, oh, God, here we go again in a quarter-final? Yeah, was it all Brighton? I, I wasn't too sure, actually, if he was caught out of position because everyone seemed to move right and leave about two on two at the back post, I think. And uh, I think it was uh, Timothy couldn't get across in time to to cover Greenwood's movement. But um, yeah, just I thought, here we go again. We've dominated this game. We should probably be a couple up. And now, uh, as we're heading towards half-time, you know, man, you're at that level undeservedly. And uh, you did worry about how the second half was going to go at that point. But we... We, we were on it all game. We didn't slip at all. And uh, even when they brought their all their subs on and everything else and were playing their best team, we, it, it didn't change. The game didn't change, did it? Do you think the lineup was a bit disrespectful from Oliver and Solskjaer yesterday in terms of he thought that would be enough to, to beat us? Or is, is that because he's just naturally trying to rotate the squad, Steve? Yeah, I think it's rotation. I'm sure that if he felt he could, he would have started with his best team because it's a cup quarter final, and um, and they haven't got that many chances to win silverware. And he has, you know, four years without a trophy. They need to win something, and uh, and maybe he thinks the Europa League's uh, easier than the FA Cup to win this year. I don't know, but yeah, I think he was. I I think he was misjudging Leicester a little bit. You know, we've had a lot of injuries. We weren't on the best of form maybe three or four weeks ago, but I think we've really picked up confidence and form since then. We've got a few players back and, yeah, it was a big mistake. I mean, Matic and Fred just didn't turn up, did they really? Um, you see Milk turn faster than them two in the midfield. Yeah, they were, of course, Maguire didn't have his best game. What a shame. I thought Tellers did all right, actually, um, in place of Shaw. He didn't do too badly. They missed... Um, you know, Martial's not a number nine. He wasn't great. He didn't have a lot of impact in the team. I think there is an argument that he could have been in big trouble early doors, Martial, for his tackle on Tillemans. I know that he got swept under the carpet a little bit. I thought he, he was well out of control of that. So his first touch was to try and control it. And his second touch was a tackle, which, uh, you know, is never great for a striker, is it? But I, I thought he was a little bit, bit lucky to get away with that. Am I being a bit blue-tinted specs there? Or no, I, I think you're right. I think that looked... <clears throat> like it had potential to be dangerous. I think he was he was off balance, wasn't he, on the first touch, and then he he just jumped in, and yeah, fractions of a second. Followed through with his studs. If he followed through with his studs up, I think he would have gone. But he just got his foot down, and I think his toe just came down on his ankle before yeah. his foot was planted. So in real time, it might have looked like he'd regained control. Um, mm. he, he was actually millimeters away from getting sent off. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think. In, it would have been harsh to send him off because he did just about get his foot down. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, no long-term damage was done to our star man in Leicester's blue and white. His name is Yuri Tillemans, and he's dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he is scored an absolute worldie after half time, and he told the the way that he's picked that up, driven forward, and scored. What did you think of the goal? That was a beaut. To be fair, yeah, I think. Probably his, his best, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, he just absolutely carved through the team, didn't he? And, and the perfect placement to slide in the bottom corner. I don't, I don't think he could have placed that any better, really. 
No, it came at a perfect time as well, didn't it? Just after half time. I think there was a little bit of good work by Vardy to take one of the central defenders out of it. And he's, he's just drove forward and, and got his shot in. Steve, you're a Tillemans and Wilfred and Didi. Go on then, tell me tell me your stat now. What, what are we looking like for games they've played together this season? 14 wins, three draws and one defeat. That's and crazy, I'm pretty, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the one defeat and Didi started at centre-half. So, yeah, I mean, you put the two of them in the middle and they're on form and we control the game. And then we've got people like uh, Madison, Barnes, Perez, Vardy, Ian Acho that can take advantage of that then. Um, and they were both great, but Tielemans was awesome. I mean, how Barry can't rate this guy, I don't know. He can't. He must have thought he was awesome, actually, on Sunday. If He's he just about coming round, isn't he, Barry? I'm getting yeah. in there, aren't I? I, I will <laughs> highlight and share everything. that Because for me, I think he's potentially one of the best central midfielders we've ever had. And, you know, he's 23 and he can go a long, long way. I think what's really important for us over the next sort of 12 months is to get him on a longer contract because he's only got two years left on his deal and uh, clubs will be sniffing for him, I think. Um, Really, really pleased that he got another goal there as well. I made a point, I was on a show yesterday with Beyond the 90, another Leicester City show, and I, straight after a game, so I was a little bit sort of fired up, but I I said I didn't think Pogba or um, Fernandes get into the Leicester team when our midfield is fit. What are your thoughts on that claim that I've made there, Steve? Am I talking rubbish or would you swap any of them? Well, you know, Pogba on his day can be classed, but it's he doesn't have his day very often nowadays, is my view. So he would definitely not make it. I mean, who would you drop? Um, Fernandez. Um, well, it'd be good to rotate him with Madison or something, maybe every now and again. An impact <laughs> sub. <laughs> What's happened to my football club? What's happened to League Cup games or something? You know. Um, <laughs> No, he's a good player, but I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't swap any of ours. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe you could say we'll we'll swap Rashford for Albrighton because Albrighton's nearing the end of his days, and <laughs> you know. But you wouldn't have Harry Maguire back, would you, in that back three? No, no. I mean, it's uh, one of the questions I would have loved to have asked Steve Walsh is what he thinks to little Wes Fofana. I mean, twenty-year-old. Well. I mean, yeah, and Cags look back to his best. Evans controls everything. He's awesome. And I mean, they both ended up doing Cruyff turns, didn't they, at one point? It, it's uh, The centre-backs aren't centre-backs anymore, are they? You know, Fafana's no. bringing it out of defence and running 50 yards up the pitch after yeah. a Cruyff t- turn. But those three now, you can see that that's going to be Brendan Rodgers' favoured uh, formation, I think. What, yeah. what benefits does that give us, Steve, going forward, do you think, to play in that shape? Well, it means we we more often than not only play three at the back, not four, and and I'll, and you know we play with genuine wing wing backs. I don't think Timothy's back to his best yet, though we had a pretty good game. Uh, but you've got you've got Castagna and Ricardo or Brighton as he was on Sunday charging forward. Just means we can dominate the midfield a bit more. Um, and you know, I think if you put Cags and little Wes in with somebody else and a Marty or whatever, I don't think we'd be half as good because I think Evans just keeps it all calm, organises it, reads the game so well. Um, So those three, you know, we're not going to let many goals in with those three at the back, I don't think. No, they they were solid as well, weren't they? Kaglas, Sionku, Tom has had a little bit of criticism, you know, even from this show in recent weeks for some of his below par performances. How good was he on Sunday? He was a brick wall, wasn't he? 
think... he was on it, wasn't he? He was not going to yeah. be beaten. Yeah, I think you're right in what you're saying as well with uh, Evans really shoring up the, the defence in the centre. He's kind of like indeed deep at the back. And then you've got um, either uh, Fafana or uh, Sionku that can actually make those runs forward if they need to as well and get involved yeah. in, in the press. So, yeah, very impressive from, from our defence. It's a really good point that Steve's made there about if Johnny Evans in, in that side. Do you think another experienced central defender is is maybe a priority for us in the summer in the, the transfer window? Maybe, you know, someone that's reaching the end of a contract 30 odd years old that it could come in and do a job for us. So yeah, I think that's that's the position now where yeah, if you were to lose what one player or even two, you would you would be struggling, wouldn't you, to fill? You'd have to change the shape, wouldn't you? And that's not ideal for us. Yeah. Yeah, changing the shape at the front's working out all right, though, isn't it? Well, this shape he's got now, that, and, you know, I asked Steve what a benefit was. For me, we've got goals all over the pitch now. So within the shape, you've got three attacking players at the top, and then you've got, um, you know, you've got Tillemans and then the two wing-backs. You've got five, six, seven players that, that are popping up all over the place scoring goals, and... You know, for a side that has been so heavily reliant on one player for so long, that's got to take a little bit of pressure off Jamie Vardy, hasn't it, Steve? Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a shame he didn't put that one away because I think it's getting to him now, actually. Even though he's contributing a lot, as you said, with his assists, with his runs off the ball, opening up spaces like he did for the Tielemans goal. Um, uh, it's got to help him, yeah. And just think we've got Madison and Barnes to come back at some point, hopefully before the end of the season, maybe before the FA Cup final, if we make it that far. Um, so uh, I think it all augurs well, yeah. And I agree, maybe we need an older player to, as backup um, because I think it's, it's it's the leadership and control that Evans gives. And it might be another couple of seasons before Cags or Fafana are ready to take on that role, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting summer for us with with that. Um, you know, I don't think we'll spend loads of money. We spoke about that in our pre-match show on Sunday. Um, but I'm, I think Brendan Rodgers will, will get a couple of deals out of somewhere and he'll continue to give youth a bit of a chance as well. Jamie Vardy told me he takes Harry Maguire on. He's bearing down on goal. I was celebrating it already. Were you? Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, absolute classic Vardy, the way he takes that ball. Yeah. Um, Makes a mug of, <laughs> of his defender, doesn't he? And we're not even naming him now. Just <laughs> he's like Voldemort. <laughs> Poor lad. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fred and, uh, and Maguire were pretty awful through the centre, weren't they? And that that did help us a bit. But um, yeah, he takes that ball and he's exactly where you want him to be with the ball. He's got the space. He's banging it, and you, yeah, you're dead certain that he's going to score that. And I couldn't believe that that it didn't go in. He's just um, trapped it, isn't he? I think, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, unbelievable for him to miss that. And I think that was that kind of chance where you're watching it and you're thinking, now that's not gone in. What's happening next? Because yeah. that was a real time to take the game, and yeah. thankfully it. it it still worked out for us. but Is that the mentality yeah. of us as Leicester fans that we just expect the worst to happen at that stage? Uh, especially in an <laughs> FA Cup game where we've had so many nearly moments over over the years. Because I, I agree, I thought, oh, that's the one we're going to be looking back on. I felt yeah, it for yeah. Vardy, but I was, I was frustrated as well because it was yeah. a hell of a chance. Yeah, I think that, after, especially after the first half as well, and, and we were 
dominating the game. Um, for them to, to get the goal that they did, uh, I think, you know, completely against the run of play. And fair enough, that, that's football. Other teams will score a goal against you. But, yeah, it felt like there was going to be another moment like that at some point. But thankfully, that didn't come for them. No, it didn't. And you as well. And we've never beat them, even when we deserve to more often than not, do we? We've ended up with a draw or unlucky defeat. Yeah. We were the better team in the community field, weren't we? And uh, till Tom opened his mouth. And the, he did. It's left hand it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, within that game as well, they bring their four subs on, don't they? And how. Uh, at that point, is it something that we need to fear that they're bringing those players on or do we go, oh, it's going to take them a little bit of time to gel, Steve, and, you know, we're going to be all right in that. Did you see these big guns coming on thinking, oh, God, it's going to get a little bit tougher now? I wasn't sure how it'd go, but for a little while, for a few minutes, they had a lot of the ball uh, without creating that much. And um, and I was getting a little worried. And then we we just kind of nullified them after about five minutes of being on the pitch. You wouldn't have known they made any changes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the third goal, don't we, sort of shortly afterwards. Steve, talk, talk me through that from, from your perspective. Well, it's good to have someone that can put a ball in, isn't it? I, I think, you know, it's it's. I've watched quite a few games, actually. It's amazing how many teams, players can't take a corner. And don't Why is that? First I, don't, I don't know if they're trying to keep it low, just rather than a loopy ball in, they're trying to keep it low. And therefore, you've got to aim to just miss the the front man and therefore you hit him half the time. I'm not sure, but it seems to happen a lot. Uh, but all Brighton's delivery was fantastic, wasn't it? And Kalechi was just sneaking up at the back post and and oh, pretty well, he got a free header, didn't he, really, into the top corner. So. Yeah, what was Scott McTominay doing though? Because he's about seven foot two and it's, uh, it's uh, he seems almost like, it, it didn't look like it was too high for him, but he, he's just completely missed that, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. I don't know if it was too high for him, whether he didn't know there was anyone behind him and he was just leaving it because you would have thought he should be able to get that. Um, he's, as you said, he's got a few inches on Kalechi, but um, well. <laughs> but he he missed it anyway, and and and, uh, and the rest is history. And let's be honest, they created nothing, did they? They scored one goal, and Schmeichel had one save from the free kick, which was a great save. But other than that, they didn't really trouble him at all. No, not at all. No, that save was important though, Tom, wasn't it? Because if that goes in with sort of five minutes to go and they get it back to 3-2 at that stage, the momentum can suddenly swing again. Michael, is that that the sign of a top-class goalkeeper that you've got someone that is that alert to make that sort of save? Yeah, I think it it was definitely at the kind of time where, you know, a couple of seasons ago, we might might be worrying there. Um, But yeah, every confidence in in Michael to save a free kick like that, to be honest. He's one of the top uh, shot stoppers in the league, isn't he? And he's, he's got, well, I imagine his record's pretty good from free kicks. He, you know. It's got better over recent seasons. Yeah. I think his first few years, he used to give quite a lot of the goal away and at free kicks put too much mm. uh, faith in the wall. I remember one right. against Burnley at home um, a few years ago where he, he got completely done by Wallace in the last minute. But yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but not too often since then as, as many gone past him. 
While we're on free kicks, um, <laughs> what do you think of, of these guys that are laying down behind the wall? I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's another fad, isn't it? It's another trend, yeah. like Buddy playing it out from the back or rolling around on the floor for 10 minutes. What do you think, Steve? Well, I think it's a growing trend, isn't it? it, it they get the walls to jump now, whereas the walls never really jumped in the old days. They didn't properly jump. Now they get them to jump. So a few of them have scored by hitting it along the ground. It's not happened often, but there's been a few goals like that. So it's just to combat that. I don't know if it's <laughs> it's a little bit of overkill. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, really, when they set up, isn't it? I like, yeah. the ca- I like the little captions with it where it's like, draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do you where do you? Oh, you're a footballer. Where do you play? I lie down behind the wall. <laughs> Tell you what. I could, I, could, I could do that job well, you know, for Leicester. <laughs> Bring me on. <laughs> like an American place. football. And I'll just lie and I'll block the whole of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, the wall lyer down behind her. <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was your man of the match from that game then, Tom, for, for Leicester? I know Kalecci and Acho has obviously got it from the TV lot, but the Tempest yeah. give it to whoever scored the most goals. Who did you think really, really stood out? I would say Kalecci, to be honest. I think on and off the ball, it was amazing. I think his positioning was brilliant. His work rate was great. Yeah, scored, scored two goals and won the game. So there you yeah, go. no worries, Steve. He did have a great game. I might give it to him. I think if I didn't give it to him, then probably Yuri would get it. Um, but honourable mentions to the back three as well. I thought they were awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of players played really well, but I'd, I'd say the back three, Yuri and Kalechi were were awesome. Yeah, and I'd probably add Wilf into that as well because oh, Wilf, yeah, he was just, I don't know, he's like Inspector Gadget, isn't he, with his legs? Yeah, the ball yeah. seems to be gone and he just pokes out a big foot at it and it's uh, it's just insane that the work that he does in our midfield. He, yeah. he is really, really at the top of his game. So exciting if we can keep these guys for, for another few years. Uh, the draw was made at half-time. I was lamenting that in our pre-match show on Sunday, thinking it was a bit of a... Bit of a sort of non-starter, mainly because I was convinced we were going to get Manchester City had we got three, and that'd be take a little bit of shine off what could have been a great day. Southampton come out the hat. Steve, what's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I think you asked me in the in the pre-show who I'd want, and I said Southampton. Who, of course, is obvious. You'd want Southampton. It's not a gimme. Um, I doubt we'll win nine nil or anything, but. Um, uh, it's they, they must have hated that coming out the hat. Southampton, yeah. <laughs> Man United or Leicester, two teams yeah, that smashed it's nine nil. Yeah. yeah, it's not a given, it's, is it? It's got it's got to be the the draw you would have wanted. So it's the kindest draw, I think. And uh, I don't think we're guaranteed if we do get through to playing Man City. I think Chelsea haven't lost under two have they? So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I won't be counting any chickens on getting through just yet but it's a kind draw I would say it gives us a chance doesn't it Tom and you know we, we can't afford to be complacent with it but we, do you know what yeah. as fans fans <clears throat> it doesn't really matter what we do because you know for a fact that Brendan Rodgers isn't going to let the Leicester City players get complacent before a game like that no and we'd, we'd rather that draw at this stage um like you say I think <clears throat> the lineup that we, we we put out yesterday really confirms that we're interested in this, <laughs> you know. So, so I expect us to put out a good lineup and play well against Southampton. Um, I do find it really interesting, actually, that everyone is discounting Chelsea to beat Man City. Yeah, I know it's. I know Man City are unbelievable this season, but 
cup game, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I've had those thoughts as well that Chelsea, uh, they may well do Man City. I don't I don't personally see Man City winning four trophies this season. I'm not sure about you guys. I think they'll win the league plus one. I don't know what that plus one will be. They'll probably beat Spurs, won't they, in the League well, Cup I hope final? It's the League Cup, if it's only one, because, yeah, I don't want Spurs to win anything. Spurs will probably go 3 0 up and lose it 4 3. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Did you see. Um... What Joe Hart put out on there. Uh, yeah, nightmare. Movie. He's had an absolute Theory nightmare. Made. Did you see that, Steve? He's yeah, put it was, it was job, one of his job down, done. wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's what said. I'd say. That's what I'd say in the morning after a few beers. My lawyers have told me to add that that is speculation. <laughs> but he's had a nightmare, hasn't he? Yeah, the, actually, not just him. Spurs had a nightmare that night. What on earth? How can you go there and throw that away? I, I, I missed that, so I've, I've just caught up on that. But yeah. It, it beggars belief, really. I mean, yeah. It's very spursy. And to lose that. I know they, were, they had Son missing. I don't know who else they rested for the match, but Kane was playing, wasn't he? And, um, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think they brought their own referee with them. That was a, a real problem. It, so. it, was a, it was a shocking uh, way to go out, yeah. yeah. And of course, Slavia Prague beat uh, Rangers as well, didn't they? Yeah, they've sort of disgraced themselves, though, haven't they, along the uh, along the yeah. way with it, and not just the the player that allegedly racially abused Len Kamara. The fans have come out and and sort of been putting banners out with some really raci- racially motivated uh, statements on, and it's it's not acceptable. So, well, at least in it, Europe's like that, sadly. Yeah, and it's about time UEFA did something about it. Yeah, it's, it's sad it's because I have quite a lot of goodwill for Slavia Prague. I. I think, graciously accepted the way that they beat us quite rightfully over two legs but I, I sort of hope now that is it Arsenal they've got in the next round that they take yeah. them out so yeah unfortunate really yeah financial results were released last week we spoke about that a little bit on the pre-match show 67 million pounds worth of debts not debts have lost last last year 2019-20 Steve you, you sort of said that a lot of that would be down to sort of accounting numbers uh, accounting cash coming through in different periods. Are you, are you thinking that there's no problem there? No, I didn't say that, but uh, I, I just think that's the tip of the iceberg. I think uh, that's the that's the start of uh, that's the start of COVID. The biggest part of COVID impact will be in the next year's accounts, but I don't see it being a major issue for us um, because I think the club's well run financially. Uh, obviously, if we get into the Champions League next season, that will really help and get some fans back in, I hope. Um, but we're no different to any other club in that respect uh, in terms of the income we've lost. Um, and hopefully we'll get a quite a bit of prize money this year. You never know. Yeah, and, we should do. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it'll be, our, our results will actually be worse next year, but I'm not too concerned about it because I think we've got the wherewithal to manage that. Yeah, the squad's in place, isn't it? So we're not a team that has to go out and make wholesale changes. It's a young squad. We're not going to lose too many players unless we, we have to or, or need to. So we spoke earlier about potentially a centre-back being a priority in the summer. Any other areas that you'd like for us to, to get a player in, Steve? Well, obviously, uh, we need a backup up front. I don't think Kalechi's good on his own up front. It's never... I thought we were just going to say, I don't think Kalechi's good there. We, we, would have lost every, we would have lost every listener we've got. He's, I think him and Vardy have got more than a goal a game when they've played together between them. So, 
they're pretty effective as a pair, but Kalechi doesn't look so good when he's playing as a lone striker. So I think we need someone that can play as a lone striker if we decide to go down that route, but could also potentially play with Vardy or Kalechi if one of them's not available. Of course, getting Champions League football would be a, a great tool to attract any potential players that were after Tom. Um, what do you see Brendan doing this summer in terms of the transfer market? Um, well, yeah, I think it, it will go after a, <clears throat> a centre forward. Um, I also still think we'll go after a winger. Um, we need a right winger, don't we? Yeah, we've we've said it for a few seasons, and I know at, at the moment, you know, we're getting the results, so we're perhaps not so concerned about it. But Harvey Barnes is out, and if you're in that situation again and you're not picking up results, then can we really have? I mean, can we really rely on? a sort of third-rate <laughs> winger. Um, I think, you know, Perez is looking a lot better in centrally than he is on the wings. Um, yeah, I, th- I just think it's a, a position we still need to strengthen, to be honest. Here's, uh, one of, here's one of my final sort of questions to you guys tonight, then, is around, um, wouldn't James Madison and Harvey Barnes come back into the mix yeah. Who, who plays in those front positions? Who plays in the midfield and who plays in attack for you, Steve? Um, right now, I, I would um, I would actually still play with Vardy and Iheanacho up front, but I'd put Madison in the hole behind them and put Perez on the bench. Um, but Harvey Barnes doesn't get him. No, I mean, it's could you play him as a wing back? That's the only option, but he's not good defensively, so I wouldn't say yeah, so. I, wouldn't. I, I would have Harvey Barnes as an impact player on the bench as well, but you're going to rotate every now and again. Going I mean, forward, when Vardy sort of goes out of the team, would you would you then put Harvey Barnes next to Iheanacho? Yeah, that's I. I did a little play earlier on, and that was my sort of Is thinking. It coming in from that side as well. Yeah. That's where so, he looks comfortable. Yeah, I think you can play Harvey on his own up front, which he's tried a couple of times. That doesn't work, but it might work with Ianacho, yeah. Yeah, Barnes plays in the Ianacho position. Ianacho goes up into the, the nine a little bit and, uh, and Madison in behind them could be could mm. be effective. Could and be then dangerous. Vardy could be the impact player. And then it's, do, do we then need another striker? It's going to be an interesting summer for us. It's going to be a summer, hopefully, that we're going to get to enjoy. We're certainly going to get to enjoy the next couple of weeks. I hate European uh, international football breaks. So, Tom, do you? It's, it's boring, isn't it? It is boring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot I can add to that. I don't even like watching England. I don't no. think anyone does, especially uh, considering the team that we've drafted. No, not really. That you know, this might be unpopular, but not bothered about England. Not bothered really about the Euros. It's all about the boys in blue and what they're doing. Steve, are you thinking any any different in terms of the international break? No, I can't get excited by it. Obviously, if there's a tournament on, it's the finals. You get a bit more excited, but when they're playing friendlies, I, I don't watch them more often than not, unless, yeah. unless I've got nothing else to do. Um, and if uh, you know, if it's a World Cup qualifier or, or European Championship qualifier, I, I, I might watch it, but I can't get overly excited about it, especially yeah. with Southgate as manager and the teams he picks. Yeah, the squad is uh, is ropey, isn't it? You've got Eric Dyer still getting into the squads. He seems to have made an example out of Alexander um, 
Arnold. But yeah, I, I don't really see the rhyme or reason. It'd be interesting if when everyone's fit for us and James Madison, James Justin and uh, Harvey Barnes are in the squad, that might pique my attention a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm sure every Leicester fan at the minute is just waiting to get these next two weeks out the the way and then we go on to Man City and that's going to be a huge game for us. We won't focus on that in the show tonight because I want us just to... Sit, sort of drinking the success of the last 24 hours because it's been a hell of a long time coming, isn't it? Um, who knows what's, what's sort of coming along with it as well down the line. Uh, guys, what are you up to then over the next two weeks? Steve? I'm not too sure. I'm working away as usual, working from home, which is all a bit boring, doing a lot of Zoom meetings and MS Teams meetings and phone calls. Um, I'll be trying to hit the gym as much as I can. I had a, a off week last week after my COVID vaccine. I uh, I felt a bit fatigued, but I was back on it on Sunday. So um, back in the gym. And Here's probably the most important question I'll ask you then. Which vaccine did you get? Is it AstraZeneca? <laughs> AstraZeneca, yeah. Yeah, keep, keep it British. <laughs> Tom, what about you? What are you up to? Yeah, not, not a great deal to, uh, either, to be honest. It's going to be... Pretty dull, isn't it? Flicking through Sky Sports. Yeah. So, um, yeah, at the minute, clearing the house, eBaying, loads of eBaying. Um, but yeah, waiting for waiting for the next game, really, Mark. Yeah, me too. Listen, we're, we're going to have a show next week. We've got the uh, the guy from the New York Foxes fan club. He's joining us, so we have got an international feel to it. No doubt, the Irishman and the Scotsman will be back to try and talk about their nations that we really don't care about. But <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll entertain them. And then, luckily for us, the week after, we've got Biggie and Marshall on with us now as well. So, some really exciting shows coming up. Can't wait to speak to more players and get inside the minds of, of these guys, what it's like to be in a, a changing room, what Brendan Rogers will be saying to the team. What do you think he's, he's said to them now, Steve, in a couple of weeks off? Do you think he'll give them any time off? Yeah, I think, uh, well, Vods is always getting time off, isn't he? No, I think he will. But a lot of them will be involved with international squads or under-21 squads, I think. So I don't know how many will get time off. Obviously, Vardy and Albrighton, um, but looking beyond that, there'll be a load of them will be playing, won't they? I think. I don't. I, do you know? What? I genuinely don't know because there's so many sort of different issues around COVID and stuff at the minute, isn't there? That some of them are travelling, some yeah. of them aren't, and yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. But yeah, let's let's see what the the next couple of weeks bring. I think the main thing we need to hope for is no injuries because we had an international break a couple of couple of uh, months ago where uh, I think a couple of the guys, I think Siunku did his groin and didn't he, and was out for for a while after that. So hopefully no injuries for us. So next week we'll focus on the Man City game uh, and look ahead to that. We might touch on the international stuff as well, but that's really it from It's 11. It's heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans. We'll speak to you again next week. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.